Welcome to the Develop Yourself podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by developing yourself, your skills, your network, your habits, and more. I'm Peter Elbaum, one of your co-hosts, and today we're talking about a topic that comes up fairly often for both me and Aaron as we're working with students and just generally talking to people who are interested in becoming software developers, and that is how to come up with good project ideas and how to choose which projects to work on. So I've got four topics to cover today, and those are number one, why projects are important to begin with. Next, why not to do projects or what I think poor motivations are for pursuing projects and building projects. The best project ideas, and so how to come up with those ideas, what are the basis for those ideas. And then last, some exceptions to the rule, the rule being the way I think is best for generating project ideas. So starting at the top, why projects are important in the first place. So I talked about this in a prior podcast that I did solo, and we were talking there about how to do the real thing, which is for me the best way to learn. So I talked a lot in that podcast episode about ways that we avoid doing the real thing, doing hard things, and about how doing those hard things is the best way to learn. And in that podcast episode, I mentioned that the epitome of doing the real thing is building projects. And so that's a big reason why I wanted to dive a little bit more in depth today. But that is basically why projects are important. Projects is kind of where the rubber meets the road in terms of your learning. And that is because you're on your own. You're not following guided steps and you're having to think and apply concepts from software engineering on your own. And I find, and I think a lot of our students find that that's where the real learning happens. So for example, at Parsity, we have curriculum and there are example projects during the curriculum, but each module ends with an evaluation. And that eval is kind of the equivalent of doing projects, right? It's where you're on your own, you've learned all the concepts up to this point, but now it's time to apply them. There are no steps to follow. There are very few hints. We give help as we're able, but really the point is to be able to do these things on your own. And that's really it. It's not that doing the curriculum isn't hard. It's that when it's hard, you're having to make those connections in your mind on your own. That's where the real learning happens. So that is a big part of why projects are important. I think there are a few other parts of why projects are important though. Another is creating. So doing projects is fundamentally a creative endeavor, especially when it's things that you want to bring into the world that you had an idea for and then you created. I think that's a very powerful sensation when you're able to take something from just an idea in your mind into a living, breathing website or app that people can actually use and interact with. There are very few things for me in life that feel quite like that. It's a powerful feeling. It's an exciting feeling. And I think when you experience that feeling, it ends up being really motivating and it shows you why you're putting in all this effort to learn to become a software engineer in the first place. And alongside that, pretty similar, is that you're bringing your ideas to life. So it's just a very cool thing to be able to, like I said, have this idea and then bring it into the world. Coding is the means of doing that, similar to other forms of art. I think coding is an art, but if you think about painting or sculpting or pottery, you have an idea for something and then you create it. Being a creator is a very cool thing, a very inspiring thing, and I find a super motivating thing. And so that's why projects are important. It's because you're flexing that muscle. You're reminding yourself of why you're going through this hardship because coding is hard. Learning to code is hard. 
And I find that it's encouraging and a nice reward for all the hard work that you're putting in to become an engineer. So that's why projects are important. I speak a little bit more in detail about that in the episode about doing the real thing. We'll link that in the show notes if you're interested in me saying it in a slightly different way. Okay, next let's talk about what I believe are poor motivations for doing projects. And I think it's important for me to state with all of these ideas, not just poor motivations, that this is just my opinion, right? So this is just one guy's thoughts. I'm sure you could find people out there that would disagree or have a slightly different take. And so I just wanted to give a little bit of a grain of salt because I could totally see people disagreeing with some of what I'm about to say or all of what I say here. So just take that with a grain of salt and keep it in mind as we're discussing these things. But okay, with that said, I think the number one poor motivation that I've seen both in myself and others for doing projects is doing it simply to check a box. And usually that box is trying to get a job, right? So people will build projects, people will put a portfolio together, but it's really just for the sake of potential employers, right? It's this thinking that, well, I need to have a few things to show, so I'll put a few projects maybe from boot camp up there, I'll put my final project, and we're good to go. Maybe I'll build one more, and that's kind of it. And so it's this idea of doing it simply because it's something that is perceived that it must be done, rather than out of a joy for building. And I think this is problematic for a few different reasons. Number one, you end up having similar projects to everyone else, right? Because if you go through a boot camp, we all know everyone's doing the same curriculum. And so the risk is that it's hard to differentiate yourself because you're building projects that everyone else has. And when you're simply building projects to check a box, the motivation isn't there. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. I was more interested in doing whatever I could do to get a job rather than the love of the craft. And I realize it may sound a little bit moralistic to say that we should really all be doing this for the love of the craft and not for a job, because the reality is that a lot of people do go to boot camps to get a job. I did. I believe most of our students do. But I think the thing is that when you're doing it simply for box checking or to impress a potential employer, I think it ends up feeling hard and it ends up feeling like homework. And I don't think anyone has ever really been excited to do homework or to do arbitrary things just for the sake of doing them. I know I struggle to do things that I'm not excited to do. And so my point with all of this is really to Dig deep, dig into that part of you that is excited about coding. And if you're building from a place of excitement, from a place of wanting to bring your ideas into the world, I find that number one, it's a lot easier to do the projects. And number two, the ideas end up being better because you end up trying to solve real problems or make your life better in some way. And we'll get to that in a second. But basically, the ideas are more innovative. You're more likely to want to do them because you're excited about them. And they end up being more impressive because you're more likely to want to do projects. And then you end up with projects that are different from the ones that everyone else from your boot camp has. So basically my point with all this is to examine yourself, examine your motivation for really coding in general, but especially doing projects since we're speaking specifically about that, and try and figure out how you can make it more fun for yourself, how you can make it more exciting for yourself, and how to come up with ideas that are going to be really engaging for you to work on. And that brings us to our next point, which is what are the best ideas for coding projects and how do you come up with them? 
And if you're familiar with our podcast or maybe my YouTube channel, this advice will not be surprising to you. I've hinted at it a little bit, even just in this podcast episode. And my number one criteria for choosing a project to build for really anyone, students or otherwise, is that it solve a problem for you or someone who is close to you. And this criteria is even literally in our guidelines for final projects for students at Parsity because I think it's that powerful. And there's a few different reasons why it's powerful. Number one is it's motivating. So when you're solving a real problem for you or for someone else and your code is making your life better or their life better, it's incredibly motivating. And when something is motivating, it means you're a lot more likely to do it. And you'll notice if you've been paying attention during this podcast, I keep coming back to motivation. And I think motivation is incredibly powerful and important, especially when learning to code, because as I mentioned, learning to code is hard. And so there's a lot of discouraging things that tend to be kind of baked into the experience. So the more that you can find things that are motivating, the more likely you are to continue. And it's all about continuing. It's all about not quitting and not giving up. Aaron also talks about this a lot. But the longer you keep going, the more likely you are to actually acquire the skills. And so I think this is an underrated but very important aspect of learning to code in general and also building projects. So I think ultimately the best project is a project that you're excited to work on. But the question is how to start. And this question also comes up a lot with students. My answer to this is to start small with what's called an MVP. That stands for Minimum Viable Product in tech. And the idea behind an MVP is that you're starting with the smallest possible scope to accomplish whatever the objective is or to provide value. And so the opposite of this would be to be really ambitious, which I don't recommend. I'm thinking now of this time I helped out with a hackathon at Duke and a student came up to me and they basically were asking a question where they wanted to know how to re-implement a version of Uber and kind of tweak it for a specific use case. And I thought, whoa, let's slow down here. Uber is, of course, a huge company. It's publicly traded now. They have thousands of engineers. But I think it's easy to look at an app and kind of think to yourself that, oh, this would be simple enough, right? And I think if engineers are doing a good job, a complex app looks simple on the front end. But the reality behind a lot of the apps we use every day is that they are very, very complex. And so I think it is potentially overambitious to think, I'm just going to implement a version of some app that I know. I would encourage people in general to start much, much smaller. Start with that MVP idea and figure out what the smallest possible scope is to solve your problem and do that. Speaking of motivation again, it's important to start small because it's very easy to bite off more than you can chew. And when you do that and you realize that you have a big old mountain to climb, it's easy to get discouraged. So let me share with you an example. I was working with a student a few weeks ago, and this person wanted to build projects outside of our regular curriculum to reinforce the concepts that this person was learning. And I thought, of course, that's a great idea because I'm a big believer in doing the real thing and building projects is doing the real thing. And so this person had this problem in their life, and I you know, shared the normal advice of solve a problem for you or for people in your life. And this person had this problem in their life where they had roommates and the roommates had together decided to adopt a dog, but they had a hard time communicating who had 
fed the dog. And so basically they would be in the group text, maybe someone would miss a text, and the dog would end up getting fed more than once per day. Now, of course, the dog's loving it, but they are running out of food, food's expensive, and they're all sharing this responsibility. And so they wanted an easier way to figure out, hey, who has fed the dog today? Now, at this point, we were learning React, and so I encourage the student to start small. So, of course, the tendency is to start big and think about, you know, database and how do we track all of this stuff and having a lot of data. And I encourage the student, hey, what is the smallest thing to solve this problem? Maybe it is a web app that's shared where we find a way to store data, but basically you go in there, you click a button that says, hey, I fed the dog today. And then maybe other people can go on and say, yes, the dog's been fed and figure that out. Or if they're the person that fed the dog, maybe they can click the button and the message is, hey, the dog has been fed. Now, that's a fairly trivial example, but I think the point is that it's very easy to expand scope and be very ambitious. But I think it's important at the beginning to be unambitious. Another reason for doing an MVP rather than the biggest idea you can think of is once your project is done and out in the world, that is also motivating. So once you finish and ship something, that's encouraging. You feel confident. You feel like, hey, I got something done. I built it. I launched it. It's in the world. And from there, you can always build features and add on. But once it's out in the world, you can show it to people. And that's exciting. And so, again, it's all back to motivation. It's all back to wanting to do these things. And I think actually launching something is very powerful as well. So if you're the kind of person that struggles to finish things, maybe you, you know tend to lose confidence about whether or not you can actually do things. That's especially common in coding, I think. You know, people tend to have very long ideas lists that never get built. But once you actually do something and launch it, then you can go from there. So that's yet another reason for going small at the beginning and building an MVP. So that is what I believe is the best motivation for building projects. The best project generation idea framework is solving real problems for yourself or people who you are close to. Another quick example here. So I talk about this one a lot. I mentioned it in passing in our last episode where we talked about doing the real thing. But my canonical example for solving a problem for self or for someone else is really one of the only projects that I've been super excited to work on. And that was an app which started out as a script that I built for my wife to automate part of her job, which was very boring. So just as a recap, my wife every so often had to update a web page on her company's website where she was having to write actual HTML. And so she was substituting the same block of HTML with a few different values over and over and over again. And so basically, she would download a CSV, she would go row by row, and let's say you know there was a first name, there was a last name, there was some other information, and all those values would get plugged into the same block of HTML. So you can imagine, if you're familiar with HTML, maybe a div and then inside it maybe an h1 with the first and last name and then maybe a paragraph tag underneath that with some additional information that was kind of the setup and she would spend hours on this very tedious boring task which is prone to errors because you're doing everything manually and I saw her doing this over time and whenever you see somebody doing something in their life or you are doing something in your life that is boring and also systematic, so predictable, that is a very good candidate for code to do it for you. And in fact, there are people all over, there's 
tons of Reddit forums and threads and videos on YouTube of people who have managed to automate whole jobs away, automate their job away, and basically go and do whatever they want. So my brother-in-law, for example, knew somebody who had managed to script his job with Python and worked from home, and so he was basically able to go out and go skiing because he lived in Colorado. Now, there are some other things that come along with that, maybe morally, that we could talk about, but it's a bit outside of our scope here. The point is that whenever you see things that are boring and repetitive and rote, those are good candidates for automation. And so I built my wife this script in Node.js that basically took in a CSV and converted it to HTML. And that worked fine for a while. It was just a file on my local machine and she would send me the CSVs and I would take them and crunch them and send them back to her attached to an email. But over time I realized there's more I could do here. And so there are always levels to things, right? You can always add features. And so I decided it was time for another feature. And so what I did is that I used the part of Express.js that allows you to render templates. So I was building basically a full stack node app. And I built a little front end, very simple, very ugly, no styling whatsoever, that was basically just a title of the web page and an input to upload documents. And so what this app does is allows her to go on, she uploads her CSV, and then it comes back to her as a download usually in a zip file in the form of the necessary HTML files, which she's able to then open, copy and paste, and paste right into her company's web page. So this little script that took me maybe a couple hours in total saves her two to three hours every other week. So call it five to six hours a month. And for me, that is by far the most fun thing I've ever built. And I have a few different points with that. One is that it reinforces my main idea and framework of solving problems for yourself or other people. And also it shows that these ideas don't have to be groundbreaking, right? They can be pretty simple. This was a simple idea. I didn't spend a ton of time on it. And it might be a little bit hard to demo to a potential employer, but you can always make a loom. And regardless, I had a lot of fun building it and it's opened me up to more ideas that are fairly similar. What are things in my own life that I can automate or solve? What are problems in maybe a sister's life or a parent's life that would make life better? And that's the cool thing about code, not to beat a dead horse, but we have this amazing superpower and we're able to use it to change the world in ways that we want. And so I think that is potentially underrated. And I think coming back to that is important because it's a good reminder of hopefully why we're doing this in the first place, right? We're gaining these valuable skills, but to what end? I hope the end is to ultimately make the world better. Maybe that's a little bit idealistic, but I think a lot of people want meaning in their work. And this is a good way to get to it, is to use your skills to improve even just one person's life. And so that is what I think is the best way to approach project ideas, solve a problem for yourself or someone else. And this brings us to our last main topic area for this episode, and that is, are there any exceptions to this idea? And I think there are. I'm not one of these people who is basically saying my way or the highway, or this is the only way to do it. I think there are certainly other approaches, and 
reasons and situations where you wouldn't want to only focus on building something that solves a problem. And the first of those is if you're just trying out a technology. So for example, I'm pretty interested in Golang. And if I were to download Golang and start to play around with it, I wouldn't necessarily want to build a whole project or necessarily go through the effort of brainstorming and figuring out, okay, what are problems I have in my life or someone else has that I can build something for. Maybe you just want to build something simple. And that's a reason why the to-do list is pretty trite, pretty done before, but it's something simple, right? It's a go-to example. Same thing with blogs. It's pretty straightforward to build a blog and that's a very normal vanilla example. But there are times when you would want to do that and that would be perfectly fine. I think for myself, if I were to go try out a new language, doing something simple like a to-do list is a perfectly good way of getting a sense of what the features of the language are, how things kind of fit together. And I think that's totally fine. You don't always have to be building something that is solving a problem or is necessarily super ambitious in that way. Another exception, and this might sound like a contradiction to what I said before about not simply checking boxes, but I'll explain a little bit. I think another exception would be if you are pressed for time or money, and I'm thinking particularly here of people who are doing a coding boot camp, maybe it's full time, maybe you've quit your job to do it, and maybe you have limited savings and you need to find a job fast. I think if that's you, then it's totally fine to maybe focus on one bigger project that can show off your skills rather than just continuing to build projects for fun on the side. I realize there are people that have families, there are people that are working full time, there are people who have limited runway, like I mentioned. And if that's you, then I think it's totally fine to focus on applying and finding jobs rather than building projects. I know that takes time and a lot of people don't have the time and the time is a luxury. And so I don't think that this necessarily applies for everybody. I realize it is a little bit idealistic to say what I've said about project ideas, but I think in the ideal sense, like ideally you'd be motivated to work on projects. Ideally they would be making your life better in some way or someone else's life better in some way. Ideally they'd have some kind of real world application. But I recognize that that's not necessarily going to be the case for everybody. So I did just want to mention that. There are times when it makes sense to be more focused or to focus on something else like applying for jobs. So there are exceptions to this rule. I'm sure there are others. Those are the big two ones that come to my mind just off the top of my head. But I just wanted to be clear that I think there are exceptions, right? There are exceptions to every rule and those certainly apply here. So those are really the big ideas. And one thing I wanted to close with and reiterate is that the best project is one that you're excited about. So you may have a project idea that maybe it's not really solving a real problem, but you're just having fun with it. That's really the most important thing is that you're excited about whatever you're building because if you're excited about it, you will be more likely to work on it. And when you're having fun, you're more likely to keep going. And that is what it's all about. So keep that in mind. And I hope you find this helpful as you're considering what you might build yourself. That's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Some shameless plugs before we go. Parsity is at parsity.io. That's P-A-R-S-I-T-Y.io. 
And as always, my YouTube channel is at youtube.com slash Peter where I make videos about software engineering and self-employment. So if you like this podcast, then you'd probably like a lot of the videos on my channel. So feel free to check that out. Regardless, thanks so much for being here with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye.